Welcome to Nancy Wilson's Femina Podcast. Before we get started, I wanted to introduce you to another of Nancy's books, The Fruit of Her Hands. Where would the church be today if the men in it were respected as they ought to be by their wives? Nancy Wilson exhorts wives to stop focusing on their husband's problems and shortcomings and to look at their own responsibilities and learn the contentment which the Bible continually exhorts us to. This book is part of the Canon Press series of books on the family, which has helped many people trying to deal with the everyday messes that come with sinners living under the same roof. This book on marriage for women reminds us to keep our eyes fixed on what the Bible defines as our duties and not on the modern lies which flatter us. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. Proverbs 31, 31. Get Nancy Wilson's The Fruit of Her Hands at canonpress.com. Welcome to the Femina Podcast, ladies. I'm Nancy Wilson. Thank you so much for joining me. This last week, I visited with you about being tender-hearted, large-hearted, and wise-hearted. I hope you had opportunities to think about those things and learn about them, and maybe God has opened your eyes to more and more aspects of these qualities. So I wanted to follow up with a few more thoughts regarding these things. We want to be doers not just hearers of the word. So in order to be a doer, this means application. But it also means we do have to hear the word in order to do the word, right? So it means Bible reading. It means listening to the words. And, and I think this is really important. A lot of you are probably joining us in the Bible reading challenge, and I love that. Uh, the Bible is something we should be anchored to all the time and read it, read it, read it again. But when we learn something from it, we have to apply it right away. Now, of course, the Bible isn't all imperative commands, but when it is, when we learn something, we need to apply it because then it really becomes ours. Then we are internalizing it in our heart and then we're externalizing it with application. My husband is famous for saying, your theology comes out your fingertips. What we believe about God is not simply in our heads. It's not just head knowledge. It has to be in our hearts and on our lips. And it has to be relevant to what we're doing and living, how we're living and how we're using all of our time and energy. So we are working out what God is working in. So remember, the wise-hearted women in Exodus, they were weaving beautiful cloth for the tabernacle. They were busy with their hands. They were doing seemingly mundane tasks, right? Because they were, they were weavers. They were spinners. And so I assume they'd been doing this before, for many years probably, and were experts. But God stirred them up. The Spirit inspired them to spin and weave for the tabernacle. And so whatever we're doing is also Spirit-inspired. You know, what is, he, what is it the Spirit is inspiring you to build and do? What is He prompting you to do? And it may seem very mundane. My life is certainly mundane. I'm going to describe it to you. 
just in case you didn't think it was, in case you thought it was glamorous. <laughs> I'm sure you didn't. But anyhow, Doug and I moved in with his 92-year-old dad a couple of years ago. And I'm the chief cook and bottle washer. And that's really, that is the bottom line. And there's no dishwasher in this little house. But, you know, there's only three of us. And so there aren't a ton of dishes. At first, I was thrown a little bit by that because there's nowhere to hide the dirty dishes. So, but now it's just a, I just don't even think of it. Now, when I have a lot of people for dinner, I do think of it. So, (laughs) but I'm just saying it's a very mundane job. I do the dishes. I just, that's my job. There's no one else there who can do that. Um, The oven is hilarious. And I know I could go get a new one and I probably should. The thermostat doesn't work, so I have a thermometer in there. If I want 350, I set it to around 405, and then I wait and just keep an eye and see if I can judge it. And and there's the other thing that is sort of charming about this place. It's when the oven gets really hot, the oven door handle falls off. <laughs> and the first time it happened, I was totally shocked. I had no idea what I was going to do to get the door open, but I have learned I have learned how to do this. So if I just tighten up the screws with a potholder, you know, before I turn the oven on, it's, they stay on and, and there's no problem. <laughs> and I do love this. And really, it works just fine. But I'm saying these are mundane things. It's not a glamorous job that I have. I am a minor character in this story. Remember, I was saying that we want to read our story right. And realize we are the minor character, we're not the main character. In this little house I live in, my father-in-law is the main character. I mean, he's the main character. Of course, in my marriage, my husband's the main character. But in this little story of my day-to-day job, you know, I answer the door and I order the meds and I deliver the pills at the appropriate times. I talk with the nurses and I schedule their visits. I'm just, I'm not the leading lady in this drama. And yet, I absolutely know that this is where I'm supposed to be. I wasn't supposed to be the leading lady. This is what I'm called to do. It is a time of building. It's a time where God is doing a work on me. I'm taking care of Jim, and God is taking care of me. Uh, He is teaching me. Like This was set up before the world even began that I be living here for this time and I'd be doing these things. And it's a very sweet story to be in. And so the thing I want to remind myself is not to squander my opportunities. I enjoy the funniness of the door handle on the oven falling off. It sort of adds, <laughs> it adds a certain um, quirky little fun to this whole story. I don't know. Um, It's just a sweet story, and I want to see the funniness in it and not be so dead serious all the time. Like, everything is so heavy and hard. Like, oh, no, it's actually pretty funny and enjoyable. But if I get my role confused, and if I start thinking I'm the main character, then I'm going to be set up to be mighty discontent. Like, really? I need a better situation than this. I mean this is unpleasant, or this is boring, or this is unimportant, or, you know, I, I want to change, you know, um, this is insignificant, this is too repetitive. You know, I have told this story before about 
I'm calling my mother-in-law, who lived in this sweet little house herself, uh, one day when I had the two little kids, and I thought I just needed a little encouragement because I felt like my job was so repetitive and so unimportant and insignificant and so forth. So I think I called her to get a little pity. And I will never forget, you know, she just, she said, Nancy, there was this missionary who was hung by his heels in a cave. And his wife had to come and bring him his books so he could read and study hanging upside down and bring him food and so forth. So thanks for calling. See you later. (laughs) So, you know, she did not give me a lot of pity and, and, you know, sorrow for my little job over there. She probably wasn't that abrupt, but it's been, it was really helpful to me. I'm just going to say that. Very helpful. So when we find jobs that are boring or unimportant or insignificant, actually they're not. They're exciting. They are fraught with potential, lots of potential to learn, to grow, to rejoice, et cetera, et cetera. So when we pause and start thinking we have a silly job or it's unpleasant, blah, 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 it's like the building ceases. It's just sitting there. And if if we don't regroup quickly and get our perspective fixed, the house actually starts to deteriorate. And so we got to get back to work and roll our sleeves up and not drop the ball. Don't underestimate the value of your calling. Don't underestimate what God is doing in and through you in your feminine calling. Our obedience, our service is a potent force in the hand of God. You know, when I wash those little dishes, when I give my father-in-law a drink, he is stuck in his chair. You know, the only way he can move is when his sons come and they have to do a deadlift and lift him out of his chair into his wheelchair and move him. And he is such a testimony (laughs) of contentment, sitting there, listening to books or recording things himself, uh, reading books. And so surely, ladies, we can be taking what God has given us to do and rejoicing in it. And, and realizing that these things are full of meaning and purpose. Folding clothes is an act of love. You are washing somebody's dirty clothes. You're folding them up and putting them nicely in their drawer so that when they go to get dressed in the morning, there it is for them. That's an act of love. And when we do that unto the Lord, it is meaningful. It has a lot of potency. Cooking the meal, shopping for the ingredients, setting the table, making the bed, doing the dishes. These are all loving acts that God has lovingly bestowed on us, has given us to do. And as we cheerfully do these things, conscious of serving God in them all, our hearts are enlarged. So when you are folding the clothes and if you find yourself being tempted to grumble, if you think these are Jesus undershirts that I'm folding. How does that affect your heart? It's like, oh, bring more, Lord. Give me more to do. If we're serving Christ in it, if we're doing the dishes, they're his dirty dishes. We're taking out his garbage. We're changing his sheets. We're cleaning up his messes. It totally changes our perspective. And when we look at them this way, I mean, we are becoming large-hearted women. And then 
when we see other people failing, when we see other people being weak and or being untidy or stumbling along or sinning, it gives us a larger capacity to extend forgiveness and be merciful. So if it was Jesus' bed, if it really was his clothes, do you think you would be doing it cheerfully? I think you would. When we lived in a little duplex and the kids were little, there were, for some reason, all the neighborhood kids came over to our yard, and our front yard was pretty small and, and uh, unimpressive. We did eventually get a little swing set out there, but all the kids were hanging out at our house. And sometimes there was one little girl who would come over and just, if no one was in the front yard, she would press her face against the glass in the screen door, you know, just seeing if somebody would come out and play with her. But the other thing they would do, they would ask me for drinks. And I can remember thinking, you know, your house is two doors down. Can't you go get your own drink? (laughs) But I just can remember thinking, surely I don't have to give out drinks to the neighborhood. And oh my goodness, that verse, wherever it is, where Jesus said, whoever gives, you know, a cup of water in my name has given it unto me. And it just transformed that experience. And it just made it a privilege to hand out water to the little hordes of neighborhood kids. You know, Jesus said to that um, woman at the well, whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Oh my goodness. What we have received, the water Jesus has given us, it is going to just turn into this well, and we just have so much to give. And maybe it just looks like little paper cups of water that we're handing out. But if we're doing it in Jesus' name, it is this well springing up into everlasting life. We can never outgive God. You can give out drinks to the neighborhood all day long, ladies, and you're never going to be outgiving God. He says, Jesus says in Luke 6, 38, Give, and it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over. So as you look at your story, as you examine your role, your little minor role in this story, what has God given you to do? What sorts of things are waiting for you? Give, and it will be given back to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. And there's so much joy in that. And begin to laugh at the opportunities God gives you. Laugh at the, all the little <laughs> lines of kids at your front door. And laugh at yourself. And, and that God has made such a fun story for you to live in. I hope this encourages you. Blessings on your day.